With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. From the king of sports books comes the king of sports podcasts. Unleashed. Presented by BetMGM. Here's your host, Olivia Harlan Decker. Welcome back to Unleashed from the King of Sportsbooks, Bet MGM. I'm Olivia Harlan Decker with Giannis Pappas. And this week we're talking NFL preseason headlines. There's always so much going on this time of year. And then after we talk about it, we're going to break it down with the great Ron Jaworski, Jaws, 17 season NFL quarterback vet. And then we're going to tell you how you can win $500 in credit for Bet MGM. Yeah, I'm not lying around $500. So you're going to want to catch that. Then we're going to hang out with our friend Peter Andrew with our Lions Locks. He's going to tell you what to bet on this weekend in the NFL preseason games. There's a full slate. We cannot wait. Giannis, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good. Doing good. Watched a little baseball. Watched a little preseason football. Watched my Giants not do much. Okay. Uh, You're used to that? Yeah. Very impressed with Zach Wilson. Yeah. And I may become a Jets fan. Maybe Buffalo Bills fan. Uh, definitely a Toronto Raptors fan. Woo! So did you watch the Field of Dreams game? I did watch the Field of Dreams. Uh, I just wanted to tune in to see if Kevin Costner had any work done. The, he looks good. <laughs> oh, hey, he looks more than good. He looks good. Did yeah. you watch Yellowstone? I, I haven't seen Yellowstone, no. Okay, well, I'd highly suggest it. Get the popcorn, but it's... um. There's something about an old leathered tan cowboy. I will say that is that's that's a good genre. I think Marlboro maybe put that in our heads with <laughs> Marlboro Man. Yeah, You're I mean, so you know, right. I love Kevin Costner. I love Bull Durham. His sports movies, the baseball ones, are legendary. But then he did Waterworld, and his career went in the water. So it's good to see that he's back. Oh, he's back. He's yeah. back. I think Yellowstone, if anything. Yeah. Secured that he's back, but he throws the first pitch. I mean, how cool that he was going to be there. The players walking out of the corn stalks and then the way it ends. I mean, it was cinema. It was beautiful. Really well done by Fox. It almost felt like they wrote it. It almost yeah. felt like it was professional. Do you think they did? Last week you were, had a couple conspiracies. Do you think they pulled I this one? I saw a couple of meatballs over the plate where I, you're thinking <laughs> like, are they just tossing them up there? Right. No, I think it was a great game. I think maybe there was a little magic of baseball in there 
who knows? I mean, I got goosebumps when they walked out of the cornfield. It was funny to to watch Stanton and Judge walk out because they were above the court. There was like it looked like your husband walking out. I mean, those are two big kids. So they needed to grow the corn a little because they couldn't hide. I saw them before they appeared because they were just above, they were like a head above the corn when they walked out. But it was it was Goosebump City. That's what Goosebump they should have called it, Goosebump City. You know, I'm a resident Midwest correspondent and it's been a dry summer. So easy on the corn. OK, we're so insensitive. You know, I'm a coastal New York kid. We forget where the food comes from. Right. Don't the forget heartland. us. Don't forget our flyover states. Hey, you mentioned Zach Wilson earlier. Let's talk about him. So he came from BYU. Now he's with the New York Jets, not making the headlines that Fields or Lance are. He had a rough start to camp, but scouts did see some promising things and some throws over 10 yards. So they like his arm. Um, I think it's all about getting him some big targets. And they, they did that. They got him Corey Davis, Denzel Sims, a veteran like Jameson Crowder, Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss. I like him a lot, the rookie and two first rounders on his O-line. And that's, I think, where they went wrong with Sam Darnold, their number three pick in 2018. He didn't have much around him, and he struggled greatly going 13 and 25 in three seasons. He's now with Carolina. What do you think from Zach Wilson and the Jets, Benny and the Jets? Yeah, no, what you say, I think is, you you know, it's like you need an O-line, you need pieces around you, you need targets. I felt that way about Eli, my beloved Eli Manning, the GOAT. (laughs) And my Giants in those last couple of years before he got replaced, like his O-line was, he wasn't taking him out to dinner enough or something mm-hmm. happened. So you're right. I think uh, with those complimentary pieces, the only thing is he's on the Jets. So things seem to go wrong on the Jets. So that's the <laughs> only concern I have about Zach Wilson is his uniform. Okay. Okay. I like that. There's so much attention on these rookie quarterbacks. Let's run through the rest of them. Trevor Lawrence with the Jacksonville Jaguars, number one overall pick Heisman winner, um, amazing head of lettuce. And he's listed as the co number one next to Gardner Minshew. Urban Meyer, the new coach is not going to name him number one. Do you think that's so crazy? Or do you think he's still in a college mindset where a lot of coaches do that? They don't want to list QB one. Yeah, I mean, it. football seems to be the only sport that, like, uh, when you got a star like that, number one pick, projected to be Offensive Rookie of the Year, all that stuff. You just, it's the only sport where they they feel like they need to give the quarterback time. I say, let him go. He's ready. He He's so good. He was so good in college. He played three years at Clemson. He's ready to throw the pigskin. Let the kid throw the pigskin and let's see those locks flow around out today, you know, the bottom of his helmet. I love it. Yeah. Let him go. I mean, there are, but you know, I would, I'm very, I was very impressed uh, just by that one throw from Trey Lance. He threw for 80 yards and I'm wondering if Garofalo is going to be his backup. Okay. This adds perfectly to my narrative that you don't know people's names. You know, it's Garoppolo. Garoppolo, Garoppolo, same thing. He's an Italian kid. You know, they tried to attack us in World War II. I'm a Greek. And since that happened, I don't learn any of their names, including my wife's. She's Italian. Oh, man. Oh, man. oh Sometimes I love I that. call her Brick Ty instead of Brittany. Okay. Okay. You know, I would believe it. I would believe it. I, I still can't believe you still get my name right every week. Um, but you mentioned Trey Lance. <laughs> I like to call him Janine Garofalo. 
Okay. Well, we'll stick with that for our uh, loyal listeners. I hope they know every week that that is who we're talking about. Um, But yeah, Trey Lance, he's a guy who has a lot of attention because he fits the bill. He looks good getting off the bus. He passes the eye test. He was sacked four times in his first NFL game, but his coach, Kyle Shanahan, he said, you know, I didn't want it to go perfectly. You kind of almost like that. This is what the preseason is for. But yeah, Trey Lance has a lot of attention. And then Justin Fields in Chicago. Andy Dalton is still quarterback one, according to their coach, Matt Nagy. And I want to ask Jaws about this, about having that rookie quarterback who has so much promise and you bring in a vet to kind of hold their hand. A lot of teams do it. And a lot of teams feel like that works. Coach Nagy was the quarterback coach in Kansas City when Patrick Mahomes was behind Alex Smith. So they're following a formula here. This is a model from 2017. But look, the fans... They want Justin Fields. They go crazy when he's on the field. He gets standing ovations. He gets the oohs and ahs. He has crazy speed. I think he's the Aston Martin. You know what I mean? He's Aston Martin. Andy Dalton is like your reliable old Ford. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, LeBron, LeBron even was going crazy tweeting about him, so... Let the give, give the fans what they want to see. In other news, you know, the rosters around the NFL get trimmed down to 85 this week. So this week is major. If you watch Hard Knocks, you know what that looks like. Do you watch Hard Knocks? I do. I used to watch it. I haven't watched this season yet. I used to watch it all the time. It was great. I, I remember uh, the, I think the best one was the Ravens. Okay. It was one of the first Hard Knocks. And it was really great because Ray Lewis was just like, I think Goose was on the team, right? Am I saying his name right? The big dude, Goose, uh, what was his name on the Ravens? Janine Garofalo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember his name, but that was a great camp to watch. I think it was the year after they won it. Goose Garofalo. He's a sideline reporter now. He's about, he's a big, big guy. He, he was uh he was a lineman and I just can't remember his name. Like I Chris can't Stapps remember. Porzingis? Chris Stapps Porzingis, I think is his name. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, there he is. Sarah Gusso. That was his name. Sarah Gusso. Yeah, they call him Gusso was his nickname, right? So did you have you watched it? Are you tuning in? Yep. I watched the first one and that show always makes me cry. It makes me laugh. It is so well done. And it really does make you feel for these players. In fact, I told you I was going to Lambeau Field for the Texans at Packers game and watching like some third, fourth string receiver drop a pass. I'm like, Oh, it kills me because, you know, their whole family's watching, you know, their whole neighborhood where they grew up's watching. Everyone wants that kid to make it. And it just it like breaks my heart. I get really soft in the preseason, like regular season. It's on game time. But preseason, I just want everyone to make the team. I do. I feel bad for them. See, that's why, you know, I hate to say this, but that's why you, you can't. I don't think women you guys are Careful. a little too nurturing. You'd have. Careful. Like, I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> If you were the coach, there might be like a roster of 150 players because yeah. everyone would make it. Yeah. yeah. Or I make like a, a B squad and we just have like a dinner party or something that, you're, that you can tell, yeah. still wear a jersey and tell your friends that you're on the team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so, yeah, that walk to the coach's office is oh. always, and yeah, on that show it's filmed. So it's tough. It's tough to watch, but it makes for good drama and it's uh that it's yeah, especially the guys on special teams when they met. Like you just have such a limited opportunity oh. to make something happen. You make yeah. one quick mistake. Sometimes it comes down to split hair things that yep. guys don't make it. 
It's tough. You know, I, I mentioned I went to Lambeau Field. Jordan Love is playing quarterback in Green Bay. He suffered a shoulder injury in that game. He hasn't practiced since the first preseason game. He had one scoring drive, one turnover, and the Packers lost to Houston. So Green Bay this week is bringing in some quarterbacks. They play the Jets Saturday. New York is the two-point favorite at minus 110. That's for most of the preseason games. Risk $110 to win $100. You know, I would take the Jets this week in Green Bay because at this point, Rodgers isn't playing. They've said it. And uh, David Bakhtiari, their left tackle is not playing. And now Jordan Love, they're going to ease him out. I feel really sad that he's hurt. But that is one bet as I'm looking at this slate of games this weekend. I think I would take the Jets. All right. Well, that's that's one of the only times you'll hear I'll think I'll take the Jets. <laughs> so in preseason, it's a safe bet. During the season, I mean, you better have money to lose. But uh, he looked good, though. He looked good. It, it was, looked like a wise draft pick by the Packers because he did look good. Yeah. Depends who you ask. I, here in the Wisconsin media, people are really hot and cold on him. I didn't think he looked that bad. His one scoring drive was great. Um, I tell you what, he had one pass that was like 34 yards or something and the place went crazy. But before it was like this pent up energy. You could tell people were nervous because they want him to do well. So it's a, it's a double-edged sword, but that's what the preseason is all about. We get to see backups. We get to see third and fourth string guys, and we get to see who makes the team. Again, rosters are trimmed down to 85 players this week. And then it goes to 53. So this is make it or break it time. But that's not for us to discuss. Let's bring in someone who knows what they're talking about. And Ron Jaworski, he is coming up next. We welcome in Ron Jaworski, also known as Jaws, named by Doug Collins. I had to look that one up. I didn't know Doug Collins came up with the name. That was before the 1981 Super Bowl. He's also referred to as Rifle Ron and the Polish Rifle. He played 17 seasons in the NFL. He's a legend in Philadelphia sports and NFL history. How are you, Jaws? Olivia, great to be with you. I'm doing terrific. Uh, Just came back from the Eagles scrimmage against the New England Patriots. So uh, I got that football feeling right now. You know, I'm, I'm ready to go. I love it. Hear the pads crashing, the whistles blowing. Oh, what yeah. were your biggest takeaways from Jalen Hurts, especially? Let's start there. Well, Jalen Hurts clearly is the guy that must perform this year for the Eagles. You know, uh, he's a second-round pick two years ago, played four games last year. Uh, he was uneven. Uh, we saw flashes of consistent play. But for the most part, I would say it was uneven. So it's really critical that he has a good preseason, a good training camp. He had a rock-solid game last week uh, in the season opener in the preseason against the Steelers. Uh, but the Eagles also did a wise thing of bringing in a veteran like Joe Flacco, mm-hmm. you know, former Super Bowl MVP, 14-year NFL veteran, to be the backup for Jalen Hurts. And I think that's a good thing in this regard. I believe strong and have a veteran backup quarterback to a young quarterback. There's also a common relationship with a Joe Flacco as well. Joe's been through the through the ringer per se. Uh, and even even at practice, I noticed, you know, they had good dialogue throughout the practice. I think they're developing a a strong relationship. But Jalen has to be the guy. I was just going to say, do you think we're going to be saying that about Garofalo week two or week one? Uh, I think Jimmy's the guy. You know, I, I haven't seen how their training camp is going from a viewership perspective. You know, I'm hearing all the good reports about uh, both quarterbacks there. Jimmy is a rock solid player. If he's healthy, I mean, he obviously took the 49ers to to one Super Bowl. Uh, If he's healthy, 
you know, he's a guy that's going to be hard to supplant. So, you know, we'll see how it all plays out. But I think clearly, you know, Jimmy's a, a solid football player. We see dynamics like that all around the league, bringing in the veteran to kind of hold the hand of the rookie year quarterback, the second year quarterback. And Giannis and I were earlier talking about just headlines around the NFL. So much attention every season goes on the young quarterbacks. What young quarterback around the league do you feel like is in a position to make a big jump? Before I answer that, the, the, the one thing I was looking at uh, today was Mac Jones, uh, okay. the quarterback from Alabama, who's the heir apparent to the, the Patriots quarterback job behind Cam Newton right now. And I like Mac coming out of Alabama. He had a great quarterback presence in the pocket. His movement was outstanding, always in a position to deliver the football. But he didn't have a gun on his shoulder, didn't have the big, strong arm. I didn't see enough of those type of throws you know, at Alabama. So I watched him very closely today. I will say this. He does not have a gun, but he does have enough arm strength that I think he can be successful in the NFL. So I watched Mac Jones very carefully today. I like what I saw. As far as quarterbacks now that, that I see that uh, are on the horizon, the NFL is a quarterback's league. We all know that. Uh, if you don't have that position, you're going to struggle every week to get victories. A guy that I really like and I think is ready for a breakout season is Daniel Jones uh, mm. with the New York Giants. I mean, he's a big, strong guy that could rip throws. Uh, he showed some toughness last year, playing with a, a plethora of injuries. Uh, and, and the Giants went out and got him some help. I mean, you know, so you, you, you put speedy wide receivers, Saquon Barkley, an improved offensive line. I think Daniel Jones could have a breakout year. Nice. I'm a Giant fan. Hopefully there you go, Giannis. I want to keep you happy. He's fast as long as he just can stay on his feet when he runs. No, don't run. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 it, it drives it drives me crazy when you know in the preseason we watch a lot of quarterbacks run and everyone gets all excited. Oh, he ran for fifteen <laughs> yards. You know, you you know you get in the NFL quarterbacks, they're not supposed to run. They're supposed to orchestrate offense, hand the ball off, deliver the ball to the open receiver. If you start counting your quarterback to make plays with his legs, you're going to find yourself in trouble. Yes, they get the crowd excited, but I'm a firm believer, maybe because I was a quarterback, that you play the position from the pocket first and you take running opportunities when they present themselves. Play quarterback first. That's what you're supposed to do. You mentioned surrounding Jones with a bunch of talent, but New England did that as well with Mac Jones bringing in an NFL record money and free agency and obviously the first first-round quarterback under Bill Belichick now. Do you feel like New England is in position to make that jump regardless of who's under center? Yeah, I do. Uh, it, it, last year uh, uh, was such a hot mess, you know, with the, with the pandemic and what coaches mm -hmm. had to deal with. And, and, and I will stick to my guns on this as well. I truly believe not one coach should have been fired last year. The, the circumstances coaches had to deal with were extraordinary and, and so difficult to deal with. I don't think anyone should have lost their job. And you mentioned the Patriots. I believe they had seven or eight, you know, players declare they're out due to COVID right. and a lot of starters. So you can imagine what a troubling year that was for Bill Belichick and his coaching staff. And Bill is, you know, arguably the greatest of all time. You know, I was fortunate to play for Don Shula for two years, and he would be in that, that mix of conversation of some of the greatest coaches of all time. Belichick knows how to win. And he hates to lose. And that's where it starts. Bill hates to lose. I spent a few moments with him this morning, and he actually had a smile on his face. So he must be feeling pretty good wow. about his team, although it's early in the preseason. <laughs> and they, they did have a good scrimmage this morning. So I, I think he felt pretty good about it. But the Patriots are, are a world-class organization. 
uh, from top to bottom. They know how to win. Now, you can look at the AFC East now. Buffalo's the team to beat. Uh, the Jets are coming on with Zach Wilson. You know, Tua down in Miami, they're, they're, they're an up-and-coming team. So the AFC East is no longer the doormat for Bill Belichick. So it'll be tougher. But, you know, hey, Bill knows how to win. I, I, I've seen the metamorphosis of his offense this year now. We signed multiple tight ends. You know, he's still got Cam Newton and Mac Jones and, and Brian Hoyer, who's still there, by the way. Right, right. <laughs> uh, so you know, they have three, you know, capable quarterbacks. It'll be Cam's job, I think, eventually to lose to Mac Jones. What did you think about Trevor Lawrence? In his debut. Oh, man. His debut as a freshman, I still remember, you know, <laughs> at, at Clemson. I'm that That's how, how worldly he looks as a quarterback. And, uh, you know, I, I can remember just – I can see it. You know, I said, that guy's a freshman? You know, he looked like a polished NFL quarterback as, a, as an 18-year-old. So, clearly, there'll be some growing pains like there are uh, for every young quarterback, especially going to a team in Jacksonville that really doesn't have a great supporting cast they will build around him. But – from a talent perspective, I mean, the sky's the limit for Trevor Lawrence. He, he's, he's got it all. As we look at your career kind of through media, and it's so fun just hearing you talk about football because for so many of us growing up, that's what we would see. We'd turn on ESPN, and, and you were as big of NFL seasons as anyone on TV. What was that transition like? And some of the people that you got to work with, you got to be with your former coach, Dick Vermeil, Brad Nessler, Mike Tirico, some big names that are giants in the industry. What was that transition like? Yeah, I, I was very fortunate to work with, you know, not only uh, outstanding coaches throughout my 17-year career, but then I transitioned to my work with ESPN and Monday Night Football and you name it, every platform that ESPN has, I was on during the season. And, and I loved it. And I, I'm, I'm so grateful uh, for those experiences and the people that I worked with. And I would probably tell you that Mike Tirico probably had the biggest influence on me. You know, I come out, out of the NFL playing 17 years and Wow, you know, I didn't know what camera to look at when I went in the studio. You know, I mean, you know, I knew football, but I didn't know the the, the nuances of, of being on television. And Mike Tirico was just out, you know, kind of wet behind the ears out of out of Syracuse. And Mike really, really taught me the business. And we were together for I don't know, eighteen, nineteen years doing the countdown shows, Monday Night Football together. Uh, but he really taught me the broadcast business. So uh, I, I'm surely uh, deeply grateful to Mike Tirico and what he taught me. And you know, working with a John Gruden and Tony Cornars, you talk about two different people now. You talk <laughs> about changing your game plan. <laughs> you know, Jeez. when I worked a couple of years with with Tony, uh, he was different. Tony was awesome to work with. I love to this day, love the guy. You know, after two years, I get John Gruden, and John is like coming in like he's coaching a Super Bowl team. <laughs> Just a pleasure to work with. But you got to be a chameleon. You got to change your colors all the time. So I went from Tony Kornheiser to John Gruden. Well, that's a change. <laughs> we were talking about in the first segment, we were talking about the Field of Dreams game and how amazing it was in baseball. Do you think football should do something like that? Throw some leather helmets on, play both sides of the ball? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> Although I love the baseball game. It was spectacular. I, I, I thought it was a great idea that Fox came up with to, to show that game. Uh, I, I thought it was was crazy, but I don't want to see a football game with leather helmets. You know, it, it's hard enough now with the technology that the players now play with. But man, leather helmets? Uh, uh-uh. uh. My dad played football in college. He told me they used to hit less hard because of the leather helmets because they didn't want to get injured when they hit the guy. That's quite possible. Uh, you're not going to stick your you know uh, your your face into an oncoming running back or wide receiver if uh, you have no protection. Um, you know, we, we, had a, we had a trainer when I came to the Eagles by the name of Otho Davis, who was one of the iconic 
athletic trainers in the country. And our locker room was kind of a museum. And he, he went back to the leather helmets, uh, and everything in there. And the nose protector was this kind of steel thing that came down over the helmet, <laughs> almost looked like these Roman gladiators. And that was their nose protection. I would say, oh, are you kidding me? Players actually played with that thing. Oh, yeah, that protected them getting their nose busted up. I said, that wouldn't protect anything in today's game. The guys are bigger, stronger, faster, meaner, nastier. Uh, I wouldn't want to wear a leather helmet. But they definitely let the, uh, in your era, the quarterbacks really took a licking compared to this era. They really kind of, you know, they pamper the quarterbacks now. What do you feel about that? Well, Jack Lambert used to say you could put a dress on some quarterbacks, you know, and, and, and the way they're protecting the quarterback <laughs> now, maybe you could, you know. They're, they're, uh, I, I, I'm all for dirty. it. You know, I, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm all for it. You know, protect the quarterback. It's the heartbeat of the football team. Come on, guys. You got to protect the quarterback. Uh, but you can't take the violent part of the game away. And, and I think Roger Goodell has had, been on a mission, and, and I think it's a very important mission for player safety. And in the beginning, when Roger started changing all the rules, you know, lead with your helmet. You can't leave with your helmet. You can't, you're going to hit in certain areas of the field, of uh, the body. I, I got to be honest. I was like, oh, he's ruining the game. I, I was like one of these grumpy old players, right. you know, out of ruining the game. <laughs> but as I've seen the game evolve now, the game is definitely better and healthier. So I, I applaud what the commissioner has done, making the game safer for today's players. But I will tell you this. I'm out there practice this morning, and I'm thinking back to my training camp days. 17 years in the NFL with the Rams, 10 years with the Eagles, two years with the Dolphins, a year in Kansas City working with your dad, Olivia. I mean, and I'm thinking of training camp. I was at a country club this morning. These guys are out there an hour and 25 minute practice. I mean, there's no tackling, there's no hitting. You know, I think a dick for real, Chuck Knox, Don Shula, Marty Schottheimer. If guys weren't bleeding, it wasn't a good practice. You know, I mean, the game has changed. These guys now, three preseason games. I remember playing seven, and we got $200 a game. Oh, boy. You know, playing seven preseason games. I sound like I'm whining, right? But the, <laughs> no. game, certainly has, the game certainly has changed. Now no, it's I refreshing. You, <laughs> yeah, if, I saw, if I saw Trevor Lawrence uh, from behind in a dress, I might buy him a drink. The kid has nice hair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that, and I love talking to someone from your generation of the NFL, even watching clips back. I was watching you with Harold Carmichael, your former wide receiver, football's tallest wide receiver, and he was awarded football's highest honor this month, going in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Now, you've said if you could design a receiver on a computer, it would be Harold Carmichael. What do you mean by that? And what were your thoughts watching him go in the hall? Well, first of all, congratulations to Harold Carmichael. I was in Canton with Harold and his family, and and and, and I bawled for about a half hour. You know? Wow. That's how, and I, I even get emotional thinking about it because Harold uh, was not only a great football player, and, you know, all too often we evaluate players on what they did in the field, and, and Harold certainly deserved recognition as being a Hall of Famer. He should have been given that honor a long time ago from 73 to 82 with the best receiver in the National Football League for over a decade. But Harold is a better person uh, than he is a football player. He, he's the consummate professional when he was on the field. He's a dear friend off the field. We're still very close. I felt like I was going in the Hall of Fame. That, that's how, how good I felt for Harold because he deserved it. And it took a long time coming, uh, but he, he, he finally got in. But but Harold, man, I, I just such an amazing guy. Just a, I, I, he can't say six eight. In fact, I was with him this morning. He was out at the Eagles Patriots scrimmage, and uh, he's just a tad under six eight. 
a uh, tad under. No, so he grew his, <laughs> if he had one of those big old afros in the day, he probably yeah. would have been six foot eight. But the thing that was uncommon about Harold, which he didn't get credit for, was his speed. Now, he's six foot eight. His arms touch the ground as he walks, and he's, he's got catcher's mitts for hands. Right. And, you know, he was just a, a, a unique player to play with, fiercely competitive, would block, could run. And we used to have this, this a goal line audible. And whenever someone would come inside the five yard and, and press up on Harold, now he's six eight. You got some, you know, I'll, I'll come some pissant quarter cornerback out there at you know five foot nine. I, 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 we had this play. I would just grab my face mask, yeah. just kind of adjust my helmet, and that would be Harold. Meet me at the corner, and that's what we call it. Me, I would throw the ball to the corner of the end zone, of the pylon, and Harold just knew whenever I grabbed that face, no matter what the play was, right. it was meet me at the corner. And we had great success with that play because he could just I mean, out-muscle, out-maneuver, out-jump, or he was just too big to defend. The two of you out in Philly in those weekend nights after a big win or something, would you ever do the same thing? The, hey, I'm ready to leave this place. Let's go to the next bar. Meet me at the corner. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't only Harold. It was a lot of my teammates wanted to meet me at the corner <laughs> <Yeah>. bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I love this about the NFL. In one second, we're saying if they're not bleeding, it's not practice. And then a grown man can cry talking about another grown man. I This is what's beautiful about the game. Truly, it is. No, you're absolutely right, Olivia. I mean, I think that's the beauty of the game. You know, there's a, a fierceness to it, a competitiveness to it, and yet there's a soft side to all the players as well. Uh, you don't always see that on Sunday or Monday night or, uh, you know, whatever the game may be played, but there's there's a side of the players that clearly uh, a lot of people don't know and don't understand. That that To me, that was always the kind of beauty of NFL films, you know, where I spent uh, almost 30 years, with, you know, breaking down tape and working with Steve Sable and Ed Sable and, Ross Kedover and the wonderful people there, they humanize the game. And I, and I think it's one of the key successes, integral parts of the success of the NFL, that the NFL, through NFL films, humanized the game. And it just was, was a bunch of slugs beating the hell out of each other. So, I mean, that helped grow the game. Herschel Walker had, a, had a, uh, a soft side. He did ballet, which is as soft as you can get. Did you know that? Uh, I did know that, but I never yeah. did ballet. In college, I took modern and folk dancing as one of my courses. I got yeah, an I A. I, I got an A. With, you got an A. Now. <laughs> <laughs> you can help with footwork, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Can't get out of here without me asking this question as a Giant fan. You talk about Harold getting into the Hall of Fame. What about Eli? Is he a Hall of Famer or no? He's going to be close. I, I, there's, there's always, at least for me, a natural reaction, yes or no. And, and uh, I'm normally pretty good at it. And I'm not going to say no or yes. I think Eli's kind of right in that bubble area, but we'll see as, as time goes on. I think he's deserving. You look, you know, Super Bowl championships do mean a lot. They do mean a lot. And he, he's played his best in big games. Mm -hmm. You got to give him credit for that. There were some lulls in his career that I think will, which will hurt him a little bit, but I'm not saying he's not going to get in, but I don't think he's a, he's a, he's a guarantee like Peyton was. Okay, but if you're in the playoffs, you can pick one Manning in the playoffs. Okay, you got a strong offensive line. Which Manning are you picking in clutch <laughs> times? You know, I'm very close. To, I am very close to Archie and Olivia. Just I, I want you to know that, Giannis. And I could not pick one of their sons over the other. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't want to make parents mad at me. What That's about a grandson? trick question. What about Arch Manning? <laughs> Yeah, Arch. Yeah. Grandson I wouldn't Arch. take Arch. I wouldn't take Arch. I love Arch. <laughs> hey, there's another Manning coming up, by the way. You know, Cooper's son, 
is playing down in uh, in New Orleans, and he's like a sophomore, I think, this year. That's what I'm talking about, Arch. Yeah. Oh, oh young Arch. I thought young you were talking, oh, yeah. talking, talking about my contemporary no, old no, Arch. No, no, no. Oh, no, you, you might be right, Olivia. There's a yeah. young Arch coming up that is dynamite. He has college football's attention, I'll tell you that. That's oh, a yeah. lot of pressure for a young kid. Right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, I wanted to ask you, you've written a book called The Games That Changed the Game, and it highlights seven NFL games, but this is now 11 years old. Since that game was published, what are some games that you would now put in that book that have changed the NFL? I, I do have some games on my radar. Okay. Um, uh, by the way, it, uh, oh, there's a seven sequel games. Uh, I'm, I'm working on the sequel. Uh, Dave Plout and I, who uh, co- collaborated with me on, on the first book, and, and Greg Cosell, we've had discussions about because there have been some games uh, that that clearly have changed the game, and, and it was so much fun doing that book. It took two years. I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a football geek, whatever you want to call it, but to figure out seven games that really changed the way the NFL was played up until that time was very very difficult. Right. I mean, I, I researched a, a, a Patriots Chargers game in a museum in Boston and find the act, found the actual game film of that game. So, because I, I want to talk about a, a championship game that the Chargers and the Patriots played, and I got it. So it was one of the games I used. And by the way, there are it, it, the game changes, but it still remains the same, which is kind of bizarre. Uh, but I, I, you know, I've got to do something about Andy Reid and the, and the Chiefs. It was one of the as I look at a game, I got to find a specific game. Might even be the Super Bowl, but uh, a game that I think. Andy changed how we think about the passing game. And and that's that would probably be one. I think there's probably about two or three games. I would address one with defense. You know, the Ray Lewis defense is in the, uh, mm-hmm. the, the Ravens defense for years was was just phenomenal. Some of the concepts they had. But I have to find a specific game that really showed me what their defensive scheme was all about. But, yeah, I'm, I'm working on a couple a couple tricks. You do a lot off the field. How about the the way the field goal has changed the game a little bit now that guys can kick past the 50 yard line. I mean, you never used to see a game and you know, that used to be out of range. Now, I mean, who knows guys are going to be kicking 80 yarders soon. It's funny to say that I got, I got Jason Jones, my assistant sitting with me right here and and we're at the practice this morning and they're, and they're kicking field goals. And I'm going, this is incredible. The (laughs) legs that these guys have now, the, the, the distance they kick the football. And remember I held for Tom Dempsey who for a long period of time, you know, held the longest, held the record for the longest field goal of 63 yards. And Tom was about 265 pounds only on the day we had to weigh in. Other than that, he was about 285. And people I remember, Tom was born with a club foot and had this like four by four, two by four on the front of his shoe. And he could bomb, I mean, he could bomb the football. But I'm watching these guys now, these soccer style kickers are, you know, 5'8", 150 pounds. And they're knocking these 70 yard field goals at practice. So the talent is definitely getting better. You should, well, you know, if Sam didn't get drafted by Toronto, Olivia was about to get drafted because if you go scroll back on her Twitter, <laughs> she kicked a bomb, a game winner, uh, it, right through the uprights. In a dress. <laughs> yeah, very nice. Looked like Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jaws, we won't take up any more of your time, but we got to live with one question as you kind sure. of look at an AFC favorite, and NFC favorite, and you're going to be covering games for Westwood One this season. Who are you really interested to see? And do you have a pick for both conferences? Yeah, I, I think Tampa Bay is, is going to be very difficult to beat. Uh, you know, Tom's got all his weapon backs. Every mm-hmm. player on the offensive side of that football has already signed up for the Buccaneers. So, you know, they, remember, they didn't start out very well last year. And, and they really they really peaked at, at the end of the season. They were they were just dynamic as the season wore on. And, 
Bruce Arians now is, is, is just a cool dude, you know, coaching the football team. Uh, I've known Bruce back from his days at Temple, and he hasn't changed a bit. You know, wow. he's just a good football coach and relates to people uh, in a, a lot of different ways. And the guys love to play for him. They love to play for him. So I'm going to say in the NFC, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is going to be hard to beat. And I'm going to pick this one with my heart a little bit because I was born and raised just outside of Buffalo, New York. It was a Buffalo Bills season ticket holder growing up. So I think the Bills are the team to beat in the AFC this year. I mean, Josh Allen has had just been unbelievable. The growth, the maturation. Sean McDermott's a terrific football coach, particularly from the defensive side of the football. And I think this might be the year of the Buffalo Bills. Giannis, how do you feel about that? Well, it's a New York team, so I'll take it. I mean, I know it's not going to be the Giants. I watched that but first. At least, at least the Bills reside and play in New York. I mean, yeah. the Giants got to yeah. come over to my state of New Jersey to play their game. So the Bills are should be New York's team. You, that is a very good point, yes. And well, they I made, made one good point anyway. That's good, yeah. Giannis. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if the Giants can't get the football in the end zone, I may become a, a, a Bills fan myself. So th- that first preseason game, it looked like a middle school soccer game. I mean, it was like it did. They didn't, nobody scored until like the last couple of minutes. So they mean we'll nothing. They mean nothing. Forget it. Get out of here. They mean <laughs> nothing. Every time the big blue plays, it means something to me. So all right, no, no, don't, don't get, don't get all bound up about the preseason games. <laughs> they're, they're you know, it. they're called exhibition games right that's what they are (laughs) absolutely well this sure was a pleasure we really appreciate your insight rifle ron the polish rifle that's my favorite jaws thank you so much you bet thank you guys great to be with you let's do it again down the road We finish off our show with the Lions Lock, and we bring in Peter Andrew from BetMGM to help us know what bets we should be looking at this weekend. It's going to be really fun once we get in regular season NFL play. Peter, I can't wait. But this weekend, we've got a full slate of preseason games. Tell me what you're looking at. Tell me what you like. Yeah, well, I heard you just talking about it before. Uh, love the Jets against the Packers. Uh, just frankly, not a lot of people playing for Green Bay. They are playing for absolutely right. nothing. If anything. Uh, playing guys might be a detriment, getting them hurt potentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other side, you have the Jets who are playing for a lot. New coach, he's trying to build a structure around that team. Zach Wilson, I think, looked pretty good. Uh, he got some time with some, um, you know, first-team offense against first-team defense. I think he looked fairly well for his first game ever. I think they are restricting him a little bit. We know he can run with the ball. We know he's a 4-5 guy. So it's going to be interesting how that unfolds over the first couple of uh, preseason games. But uh, love the Jets this week. Uh, as we go to other teams, I think there's a couple that stand out to me. Baltimore Ravens and and John Harbaugh, 18 straight wins in the preseason. I don't get it. Yeah, uh, I'm sure. That's the point. Wow. Yeah, I'm sure it'd be nice if that translated over to regular season wins, but yeah. it doesn't. But they're minus, uh, minus three and a half against Carolina. This actually would tie or maybe even beat the record for most preseason games won consecutively. So I feel like you need to go with them. So, um, so Ravens with the spread three and a half. And then as you look across a couple other games, I think you have to look at Trey Lance, Justin Fields. Those guys are playing for something. They're going to be playing with first-team offenses. They're going to be you know, playing against first-team defenses. Real opportunity for them to solidify themselves as potential starters. 
Justin Fields, I mean, an amazing couple of drives. My expectation is he plays close to a half for Saturday. Okay. I like them to cover and I like the over 38 and a half. I think you're going to start seeing more teams kind of develop with their first team. Love the opportunity he has to, to really push himself over a guy like Andy Dalton. The Aston Martin reference he gave is, <laughs> is spot on. He's the shiny toy that yep. takes them somewhere from A to B faster. So if they want to accelerate this kind of rebuild, he, he's the guy to do it. We were just talking with Jaws about Eagles and Patriots. That's Thursday night when this airs. Eagles are a one and a half point dog. Quarterback Jalen Hurts is really impressing. That's what Ron Dorsky was saying in their joint practice with the Pats. They also have rookie wide receiver Heisman winner Devontae Smith sprained MCL in training camp. He's on track to play week one and be the lead receiver. So I like him in the season. But with this game Thursday night, what are you thinking? Eagles, one and a half point dog. I like the Pats. I, I like the Pats to win outright. I think you have the combination of, of Mac Jones trying to prove himself. You have Cam Newton, who's I think solidified himself as a week one starter. But between the two of them over the course of a preseason game, you're probably going to see at least a half of football from them. Again, this is the, the common theme for me is guys that are playing and first teams that are playing most of the game. Uh, I think they'll traditionally do better, whereas some of the teams like the Packers that we just talked about are going to be playing a lot of second and third string guys. Those guys are playing for jobs. You have the guys like Mac Jones that really need to prove something. Given Cam always getting hurt, good chance that Mac Jones starts this year. Um, so I like them to win outright. Nice. I know who to bet on. All right. So we got both of you are behind the Jets. You're calling the Pats, two teams I would never with my heart root for, but I'm on a streak right now, so I'm going to I'm gonna put money on those two teams because I'm on a streak. Hey, you know, I will say to all our listeners, you've got to follow Giannis on Twitter. It took me a minute to understand his language and that absolutely nothing he says is serious, but then once you <laughs> listen that way and read that way, he is such a good Twitter follower. So, or he's such a good Twitter follow. Yeah. I mean, you got to have a strong stomach for it because I go in, but I appreciate it. <laughs> Can you tell us about some prop bets for this weekend? So what I've seen first couple of uh, preseason games, there's a couple players love and a coach I love too. So this is more for, you know, full season. Obviously, a lot of our props are, are future bets for, for the full season, of, you know, all 17 weeks uh, or all 18 weeks, I should say this year. You talk about MVP odds. Derrick Henry is a sneaky one, plus 5,000. You got Julio Jones in the mix. Normally, you'd see Derrick Henry, eight in the box. Everybody defended him. Julio Jones, probably the best receiver in the league, is going to garner a lot of attention. Derrick Henry seems like an easy one, especially at that price. I'm not saying it's a sure thing, but uh, given the odds, plus 5,000, you know, a $100 bet lands you a pretty significant amount of money. Uh, I love him to start. Uh, from last week, you saw Defensive Rookie of the Year, Patrick Sertan II. Dad was a pretty damn good cornerback. He's no different. He had a pick six uh, in his first ever preseason game. Love his chances. And then you obviously go to the offensive rookie of the year. You saw a lot of line movement. Trevor Lawrence went from 225 to plus 325. So he's regressed a little bit, but that's a lot to do. You know, Justin Fields again and Trey Lance. Those guys went from plus 350 to plus 700. Trey Lance went down from 1600 to plus 750. I think this is really the year of the quarterback and one of these guys is going to take it. You know, my money is on Justin Fields. I think there's such an opportunity for him to just, again, go over Andy Dalton. He is going to be a superstar in this league, and people are about to find out sooner or later. Um, so, you know, you're investing a little bit early in some of these prop bets, but I think you have potential to get, you know, big winnings come into the season in January, February. 
In the sports gambling world and from your perspective in your office, do you feel like fans get too caught up in preseason and offseason storylines when they start to make these bets? 1,000% yes. <laughs> I mean, so Trey Lance has played one game and within one game he's played 25 snaps or 30 <laughs> snaps. He's actually 15% of our handle or our liability for offensive rookie of the year. He, he's barely played anything. There's a great chance he's a backup to Jimmy G. If Jimmy G stays healthy, he may not even play this season. So people do, you know, overinvest their time in, in the preseason. But that's kind of what it's for is you get excited about some of these new guys. Kyle Pitts was another one, mm-hmm. the, the Falcons tight end. And then obviously Trevor Lawrence being the first overall pick. We need something to talk about. We're going crazy without NFL, without NCAA, without basketball and hockey and all that stuff. So yep. we need something to some sort of rumors and some sort of some sort of information to garner our attention drama we love it we love the storylines hey Giannis, did you hear the jimmy g i think you're safe with that one let's let's screw garofalo and stick with jimmy g jimmy g yeah janine garofalo jimmy g what do you think about his chances to to actually remain the starter with how good trey lance looked on that 180 yard bomb well first off i think we're gonna have to do one of those picture in the pictures where we combine jimmy g and Tony Siragusa. So we, <laughs> so we make the true Garofalo. But it, it really comes down to, uh, and I'm biased because I'm an Niners fan, Jimmy G stays the quarterback and he gets into the playoffs if he stays healthy. If he doesn't stay healthy and he ends up missing out on a game or two, I think that's it. It's almost the Kaepernick-Alex Smith situation. Alex Smith got hurt, uh, you know, it's almost 10 years ago now, and Colin Kaepernick became the de facto starter and stayed that way and they ended up trading Alex Smith to the Chiefs. Jimmy G can be that good. He's a proven winning quarterback. I think there's no doubt about that, but he just can't stay healthy. Uh, I've, I've kind of joked with my friends and said, you know, he could start the season five and oh, gets hurt in game six. And then that's the last time we've seen him again for the year. So it really comes down to that knee, comes down to that ankle and, and we'll see what happens. Well, it's really fun talking futures with you. Let's continue to do that throughout the month of August as the preseason goes on. And for all of our listeners, make sure you check out our Futures Friday. We're doing it all through August and we discuss these topics. We bring in experts. That's on Twitter. So follow at BetMGM on Twitter to make sure you keep up with at Futures Friday, where we really get into the nitty gritty with all of these awards. Peter Andrew, thank you so much. We will see you next week. Thank you. And thanks for the shout out on Futures Friday too. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining us for another week of Unleashed. All the month of August, we are focusing heavily on the NFL, getting you ready for week one. Giannis, are you ready? I am ready, and I'm ready to check in on your Instagram stories for another (laughs) week and enjoy the fine dining and golf that you were doing in the Midwest. (laughs) I think you're my most loyal follower. I am. I mean, I check in, and you should really work for the tourism board over there because you make it look very attractive and fun. Later this afternoon, no joke, I'm shooting a commercial for the local food bank. So I think I'm almost there. (laughs) You're almost there. Yeah, I'll be changing diapers. So, you know, tomato, tomato. All right. Yeah, a little different, a little different. (laughs) Hey, what you do is a thankless but most important job in the world. It is. Being a dad and backing up my wife is not easy, okay? I'm the sixth man of the year. (laughs) I love it. Thanks, everyone, for joining us, me and the sixth man of the year. Make sure you follow us on all social media platforms at BetMGM. 
and subscribe and leave a review. And don't forget to leave a review on this podcast. We're going to pick our three favorite reviews for $500 at betmgm.com and on the BetMGM app. See you next week. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. If tonight's movie night is just what you need, make it special with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds.